0: You know, it is such a privilege and honor to be in the presence of God. Never be in a hurry to run out, rush out. He is your schedule. He is your life. You know, the Word of God tells us in Deuteronomy, Today I set before you life and death, the blessing and the curse. Choose life that you and your seed may live by loving the Lord, obeying His voice, and holding fast to Him. For this is your life. This is your life. He is your life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. You know, when we found him, our search was over. We ran into him. We ran into the best that there is. The highest of all creation. Amen. 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 Glory to God. Glory to God. Go ahead and be seated. Praise the Lord. God is so good. He's so good, so good, so good. Hallelujah. I want to remind you September 11th, we're having our mortgage payoff celebration. We're going to shred the promissory note. You know, we refinanced everything when we did the second story and everything. We refinanced everything in 2009. So in only 13 years, it's all paid off. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God is so good. So good. So good. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Would you open with me to Ephesians chapter 3? Ephesians 3.20. I want to read it. And then we're going to read it in the Passion Translation. Ephesians 3.20. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly beyond all that we ask or think, according to the power that works within us. Now the Passion Translation, let's run over there. It says, never doubt God's mighty power to work in you and accomplish all this. He will achieve infinitely more than your greatest request your most unbelievable dream, and exceed your wildest imagination. He will outdo them all for his miraculous power constantly energizes you. you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Infinitely more. Infinitely more than your greatest request, your most unbelievable dream, and he'll exceed your wildest imagination. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know you say something? No. Oh, the Lord, <laughs> the Lord had spoke to me back in 1989 when we were wondering where to go and what direction to go in uh, based on coming out of the other church that we were in. And um, I was ready to go back to be an auto mechanic. I was like a pita, just go back fishing, fishing. you know. <laughs> but uh, the Lord said to me, I, I want a place for my presence in this community. And that's when he told me, and, you know, the, the, the voice of the Lord comes when there is either a major correction or a major change. Yes. And for me to pastor was a major change. And I needed the voice of the Lord because as far as I knew from the day I got saved, I was on the road for itinerant ministry. In fact, I had already started going down that road. I was out doing ministry on the road and the Lord corrected that course and said, you will pastor. Um, So it was obviously obviously not my uh, intention, my idea, my thought, but it was based on what he had said. And um, the presence of the Lord moves in this place. And um, it's supposed to move in this place into the community through you all. Isn't that right? You are the light bearers. You know, Doug Wingate, when he was here, he, he declared that the grace of God is on the members mm-hmm. to bring out this light into the community, filling the community with the presence and the glory of God. Remember that yeah. when he was here? And then the word of the Lord came through Dennis Burke one year from Isaiah 58 in the tr- Passion Translation said, you will be known as repairers of the city and restorers of communities. Hallelujah. And then past the day that Thomas came. So this was all three different individual times, and it's actually in different years. And an excerpt of what was declared by the word of the Lord was, Before I return, there shall be an endowment of power that shall be great. There shall be a release of the power of God that you do not know nor understand nor have experienced, but you will know it, and you will begin to understand it. You will walk in it. It will not be in every so-called church. It will not be in every so-called gathering. But it will be where I put my hand on. And it will be where my spirit can move. And where my spirit will not be quenched. It will be where they're crying out to me for my presence, my power. And I'll do it. Believe me for it. Look in the word and look up. I am God and I will do it. The church will finish triumphant. Hallelujah. 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 And then last year, as I was sitting in the uh, ICFM convention, in fact, it was a workshop and they were showing a video in the workshop. Uh, and it was an R.W. Schombach meeting. And the name of the video, you can look it up on YouTube. The name of the video was 26 Miracles. And as I was watching that video, the spirit of the Lord rose up inside of me and said, this is the day that I wanted you here for. So it's been now since 1990 until now. So what is that, 32 years? So it's 32 years that now we're getting ready to step into what God wants us to do. Thank you, Lord God. Amen. Amen. You say, but we don't have a lot of numbers. <laughs> yes, you got three. The Father, the yeah. Word, and the Spirit. And if you need more than that, you're in big trouble. That's all you need. Amen. And he can move through any one of us and every one of us. Isn't that right? Well, one of the key things in that 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 Pastor Thomas said was believe me for it. we have got to believe him for it. You can't just sit back and wait for something to happen. It's a promise that was spoken to us, and we have to step into that. You have to believe God for it. You not want it, like it, wish it. Oh, yeah, that sounds great. It's not even something you agree with in your mind. And thinking it'll just drop on us. We have to believe, believe, believe means to trust, to firmly be persuaded, to have an inward certainty that you know, that you know, that you know, to have a hope with a certain expectation that it will be exactly what God has said. Isn't that right? Amen. You know, you could tell your kids you're going to go to the beach and the kids believe you. Right. Unless you've disappointed them 900 times, you know, I don't know. But, you know, so on a good, on a, on a good uh, uh, example, if you tell your kids you're going to go to the beach, they believe you. They trust you. And it may be Monday and you say, we're going to go Saturday. You know, well, they're out telling their kids Tuesday, we're going to the beach. They're going out and telling their friends. They're going telling their friends at school. We're going to the beach. We're going to be going to the beach. Why? Because they trusted what you said, so they continually say what you said. Mm -hmm. See, that's what trust is all about. You continually say what God said. So if God said that these are the things I'm going to do and believe me for it, then you start saying what God said. Amen. And that's where you that's where because your faith is in your spirit, you get the meditation and the pondering of the word in your mind and you get your body involved by talking it. And as a whole being, you are involved in agreement with God. Amen. Amen. And like we talked about this morning, that just opens up opportunities then for you to do that which you believe. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So it's believing the the word of God is true and therefore trustworthy. Having absolute confidence and trust and complete surrender in thought and word with heartfelt obedience. Complete surrender. What does complete surrender mean? It means I surrender myself to what God says, not my own ideas and my own thoughts. And I've been there. All right, who hasn't been there? (laughs) You know, But it's surrendering to God to say what God said. This is what the Lord said, so this is what I say. Other situations come up that speaks contrary to what the Lord said. We're not going that way. I'm not going to side in with the contrary things. I'm staying in line with what the Lord said. Isn't that right? Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. He said, believe me for it. This will be where they're crying out to me for my presence and my power. Crying out to him. See, this is not just sitting around passively, sitting and waiting. It's crying out. The cry of our heart is, God, this is what we want to say. And I don't know about you, but this is what I have said for years and years and years. What is going to bring the world into the kingdom is a move of the Spirit of God. Now, that's not, of course, the only way, but that's what's been in me now for 30-some-odd years since the Lord's told me what He told me back in 1989, And therefore, that's what I continue to say. And every time I say it, it just stirs up on the inside of me. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. You know, and it's not like you have to do anything more than a container has to do to hold the orange juice. All the container has to do of the orange juice is open up the spout and let the juice come out. Because it's all about the juice; it's not about the container. But what does the devil get you to think? It's all about you. It's all about how you look. It's all about what are you going to look like, or how you're going to feel in front of people, and how are you. It's not about you. You're the container. Nobody has a. Nobody runs to the to the store and go. I'm going to go buy me a container. I don't care if it's empty. I'm just going to go buy me a container. Nobody wants the container. They want the juice. Right. And the Holy Ghost is the juice. And he wants to come pouring out. Isn't that right? And he's getting ready to do it. Hallelujah. In Luke chapter 10, verses 1 and 2. How do you know God will do it? Because he can do infinitely more than your greatest request, your most unbelievable dream, and your wildest imagination. You sit down with the things of God and start letting your imagination work. This is why God gave you an imagination, to imagine things in line with what he has said. Yes. What have we done? What has the world done? It's brought us down the road to where all we do is imagine about what we want. But that's not what your imagination was designed for. It's to imagine the things of God. Because he can do, no matter how far that imagination can go on God, he can do infinitely beyond it. Amen. Amen. Luke chapter 10, verses 1 and 2. Now after this, the Lord appointed 70 others and sent them in pairs ahead of him to every city and place where he himself was going to come. And he was saying to them, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore beseech the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Crying out for laborers. We should be crying out for laborers. Laborers are needed around the world. Isn't that right? Laborers are needed in our nation. They're needed in our state. They're needed in our communities. It's needed for the person next to you, maybe not sitting in here. (laughs) But when you're out there, the person next to you, you know, they need a laborer to come their way. They need to hear it in the grocery store. They need to hear it in the department store. They need to hear it in the restaurant. They need to hear it in the hardware store. They need to hear it at Home Depot and Lowe's. They need to hear it every place and any place. Isn't that right? Yeah. Amen. And you got to get these things in, your, in our heart and in our mouth. And then it affects our choices and decisions. If you don't get it in your heart and get it in your mouth, it won't affect your choice and your decision because you're not used to hearing about it. If you get used to hearing it, especially hearing yourself say it, then you'll start getting used to doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. When you come up on a decision, what am I going to choose to do? Exactly what I've been saying. Mm-hmm. That's what I will choose to do. If I'm crying out for laborers, then the next question is, will I be available to be a laborer? Mm-hmm. Huh? Yeah. Because to be a laborer then would, have, would give you the opportunity to walk in the cry of your heart. Remember what we talked about this morning, about finances. Without a vision, my people let things slip through their fingers by missing opportunities. That's what that word perish means in that verse. Letting something slip through your fingers by missing an opportunity. If you don't have a vision for your finances, you'll have all kinds of opportunities come, but you'll miss them all. And most of them will look like work. They'll look like they're inconvenient. Thank you, Jesus. They'll look like a, a bother. It look like it's something that's troublesome. Why, why are you bothering me with this? I don't want to be bothered with that. But yet it's the very opportunity that God's bringing your way. Yeah, if you bring the tithe into the storehouse, he opens up the windows of heaven, rebukes the devourer for your sake, and, he will not, and it will not destroy the fruits of your ground. And the vine in the field will not cast its grace before its time. What is the vine in the field? It's the opportunity for you to go pick it. Yeah. It's opportunities being set up for you. They don't need to be destroyed. They don't need to be stolen away. It should be there when you get there and pick that fruit off of it. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's the opportunity to walk in the cry of our heart. So that means if I will meditate on these things, vision will be created on the inside of me. If vision is created on the inside of me, choices, of opportunities to make choices will come my way. And then I can walk in the very cry of my heart. Yes. Instead of waiting, looking, and watching if somebody else is going to do it. We can do it. Yes. Amen. Because what does faith attach to? Grace. Faith attaches to grace. Yes. And grace is what makes you able. Amen. Now, on on these verses in Luke, the Weymouth translation says, Entreat, therefore, the owner of the harvest to send out more reapers into his field. Entreat the owner of the harvest. Who's the owner of the harvest? God is the owner of the harvest. So entreat the owner of the harvest to send out more reapers into his field. Because the fields are white for harvest. It's a promise of God that we can walk in just like any other promise just like any other promise. And yet for many it seems that witnessing is one of the hardest things to take hold of. And I think it's for two reasons. Number one is the enemy wants to create timidity on the inside of you. You know, if, um, if you went to the store and you found the sale and it was like 80% off, 80% mm-hmm. off sale, you're on the phone, hey, come on down to such and such a place, 80% off, this is going to help you out, you know, you're going to like this. But when it comes to Jesus, there's that timidity on the inside of you. God hasn't given you a spirit of fear or timidity to where you're timid, you have an inward fear that's present, preventing you from taking action. Mm-hmm. See, and that's what that's That's what that means. An inward fear that prevents you from taking action. So there's somebody and you believe the Lord wants you to talk to them, whatever it might be. But you're backing off because of timidity. Mm -hmm. But yet, if you will talk to yourself based on the cry of your heart, based on what the word of God says, and attached to that by faith, grace will empower you to override that timidity. It will make you, what we said this morning, bold in speech. Bold in speech. Yes. Amen. The second reason that many people don't step into this is, of course, ha- they don't see how it helps them. I want to step into healing. I want to step into abundance. I want to step in. I want to take hold of this. I need the promises, the benefits. But this, this doesn't really help me. And yet it helps you more than you can ever know. Yes. Yes. Amen. Entreat, therefore, the owner of the harvest to send out more reapers into his field. It's a promise of God that we can walk in like any other promise. Mm-hmm. And it's not limited to the outreach team. It's not limited to the evangelist, the missionary, the apostle. It's not limited. It's, it's open to everybody and anybody. Look in Romans 4, 4.16. And like all promises, what we talked about this morning, like all promises, it comes with a great, mega reward and the word reward the root word for reward in the Greek is money hallelujah don't get excited over this (laughs) you know every vision is going to take resources every vision no matter what the vision is, it's going to take resources. Like I talked about this morning, God dealt with me back in 1981 about spending more time with my family, spending more time in the Word, being in church, and not doing side jobs anymore. So if you stop doing side jobs, what are you going to lose? Money. Money. So if I'm going to spend time with my family and I'm going to spend time, more time in the Word and time in church and not time working, what am I going to need? Money. Money. So you need resources. And this is, none of that was a vision about needing to go do something. But every vision, you're going to need resources, no matter what it is. Amen. This is why the Bible says that God will see to it that you will be abundantly supplied unto every good deed. Romans 4.16, For this reason it is by faith, in order that may be in accordance with grace, so that the promise will be guaranteed to all the descendants, not only to those who are of the law, but also to those who are of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So for this reason, the promise is by faith. By faith through grace. Isn't that how you got saved? Saved by grace through faith. I'm saved by grace through faith, okay? That's the same way everything opens. So if it is by faith, that the promise would be guaranteed to all of the descendants, not only those that are of the law, but those that are of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all, which means it's open to all people, open to all generations. Yes. If it was done by works, not everybody can attain it. But if it's by faith, it's open to everybody. So everybody can. Everybody can take hold of every single promise of God. God is not a respecter of persons. He shows no partiality. If he said it, it's yours. Isn't that right? It's just a choice of faith. A choice of faith. You had to believe for salvation, right? You had to believe to get filled with the Holy Spirit. Well, you had to to believe to operate in the gifts. You had to believe for the benefits. You had to believe to be a witness. You had to believe to be a godly witness. Because Jesus said, you'll be filled with the Holy Spirit and you shall be my witnesses. You know, you're going to be a witness. The, the branch, the, the tree is known by the, the fruit. fruit. Who bears the fruit? The branch. Yeah. So the vine, the tree, Jesus, is known by the fruit that you bear. So you will be a witness no matter what. You're either going to be a good witness or you're going to be a poor witness depending on the fruit you're bearing. So, we're supposed to bear fruit. Yes. Not be fruity, but bear fruit. Amen. So, again, these things is just a choice operating by faith. Grace has been given for all, provided all things, and the work to provide these things has already been accomplished through Christ. You don't even have to work to, to get it, you just have to believe for it. Now, there are things you'll have to do because it's called obedience, right? Mm -hmm. But we're in him. And by faith, we attach to the grace that's provided all things for us. He has freely given us Jesus Christ, and in him, freely, freely, say freely. 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 freely gave us all things. The longest word in the Bible, all things. Freely has given us all things. All things in Christ. Mm -hmm. If you ever think something don't belong to you, just look at Jesus. If Jesus is yours, everything else is too. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So you attach by faith, you attach to the grace. And by faith, I don't mean the cliche. Well, I'm just believing God. That's a cliche. What does the word of God say? You've got to get the Word of God. You've got to believe the Word of God. You've got to get it in your heart. Faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing. What do we talk about Wednesday night? The soil, the soil produces of its own. You put the seed in, the soil will produce it. You put bad seed in, the soil will produce it. The soil don't know the difference. You have to choose to put the right seed in. Whatever seed you put into that soil, the soil is programmed to produce it. That's the way God's made it. Isn't that right? Mm -hmm. Amen. So the soil will produce it. Faith comes by hearing it. I hear it. I hear it. I declare it. I speak it. I meditate on it. Mutter it to myself. Faith comes alive on the inside of me. Of course, the soil will produce it. Any situation, any promise, no matter what it is. So how much have you meditated on being a witness? Mm, That's why there's not much growth. (laughs) Huh? Don't get quiet on me now. So we're believing God's word in this situation. It's, faith is a choice. It's very simple. Faith is a choice. When you face a situation, you're going to have to make a decision. Just like that. Split second decision. Your decision will be based on what you believe. Mm-hmm. Every, every decision you make is based on what you believe. Isn't that right? right. You know, I've had people say to me, well, I heard what uh, Dennis Burke said. I heard what Doug Wingate said. I heard what, what Datha Thomas said. I heard all that. But I don't see anything. I don't see anything happening. Mm-hmm. Well, 2 Corinthians 5.7 says we walk by mm-hmm. faith and not by sight. sight. So then the next question is, you don't see anything happening, how involved are you? How, are you? how involved are you in the things you heard? Or are you the one that's sitting and just waiting? Well, I don't see God doing anything. Well, is he doing anything through you? See, because that's what it's always about. It's not about looking around and saying, I don't see anything happen." It's all about, is it happening here? It's not about everybody or anybody else. It's all about the individual. Amen. Are we believing God? You don't see anything happening, but are you believing God? Or are you basing things on what you see? Or are you going to base what the Word of God says, what the Holy Spirit said? Do you receive the Word as the Word of God, or do you receive it as the Word of man? You know, Peter said, I think it was Peter, maybe it was Paul, Paul to the Thessalonians maybe, he said, uh, somebody in the New Testament said this, <laughs> but he said, "You did not receive it as the Word of man, but you received it for what it was, the Word of God, which is able, which is able to accomplish in you. Peter, okay, So <laughs> maybe it was Mary, Peter, Paul, or Mary, one of the other <laughs> Uh, glory to God. So when the word of God was spoken out through the folks that the Lord used, okay, did it come on with the anointing of the Holy Spirit? That's it. Yeah. Now, if it came with the anointing of the Holy Spirit, then how are we judging what we hear? Mm-hmm. You know, I, I've sat in a church one time and I, I was a, a guest in the church and they were having a big a big deal going on about something. I forget what it was, a big celebration of something. Well, they always invited me to come sit on the platform. I, I hate sitting on the platform. But they, they said, would you come sit on the platform? I said, okay. And I'm sitting up there, and somebody got up to speak. And, um, you know, I mean, what he was saying was fine, okay, and all. But all of a sudden, you could see it. The lake's starting to shake. And he started to get into all these vibration movements and stuff and thinking that when that's happening. And then the people started getting excited because they think that that was the anointing. And I had the pastor say to me one time, he says, you know, when we have praise and worship, he says, man, they just tear the place down. They just go wild on praise and worship. And he says you just can't get them to stop. But then we start on the word and they all fall asleep. <laughs> yeah, true story. Well, that's because it's flesh. And even all the dancing that was going on. I've, I've been in the church when they were doing that. And I'm thinking, are we in a nightclub? You know, I'm thinking like I know mama told you you need to shake that thing, but not around here. <laughs> you, know, you know, I'm like, my goodness. You know, are we in church or what? <laughs> anyway. So how are we judging the things that we hear? Yeah. So again, what I heard last year is back, brought me all the way back to 1989. And when I was getting ready for this year and went away, uh, for a week to get ready for this year, the Lord started dealing with me more things from back in 1989 and 1990 that I never let go of. I continually believe what he told me back in 1989. Now, there are times that I would think about and wonder and, uh, you know, well, is it really so or, or whatever? But as I would think about and ponder the things that the Lord said to me, my heart would start to stir up. It start to burn on the inside of me. And start to expand with hope. Yeah. Amen. Because the promise is certain. The promise is certain. For this reason, it's by faith in order that it may be in accordance with grace that the promise will be guaranteed. Yeah, yeah. If oh, God, God spoke it, it's guaranteed. Thank you, Father, God. Well, why hasn't it happened yet? God spoke it, it's guaranteed. Yes. Well, when's it going to happen? God spoke it. It's guaranteed. Stop casting off your confidence. Amen. Glory to God. And what the Lord spoke to me back then was not my idea, wasn't my plan, wasn't even what I was thinking, considering, or wanting. But it's what he said, Mm -hmm. and that's where we go, and that's what we do and you let your heart cry out in faith for those things. Mm. Amen. Amen. Acts 4:33. Hallelujah. Acts 4:33 and with great power the apostles were giving testimony to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And this is the phrase I want you to hear. And abundant grace was upon them all. Thank you, Lord. Abundant grace was upon them all." When I was young in the ministry, as I said, I was called actually to be an itinerant ministry, called to evangelize, and uh, you know, so it was kind of strange when the Lord said to pastor, because I was not used to that type of functioning. So I would pastor the church like an evangelist. I would pastor the church like I was in an itinerant ministry. And, you know, itinerant ministers minister altogether different than pastor's minister. And it took me a while to make that switch over and believe God to function as a pastor would fat function. Are you with me? Different totally different anointing. Different operation. Totally different. So when I was young in ministry and I was... Uh, it, As I was looking and and moving in the direction of evangelism, I had a dream. Not a dream as a sleep, but a, a vision, I would say, of having a truck like a box truck. And on the side, maybe a little bit longer than a box truck. And on the side of the truck, I could see building a garage door that you would roll up. And the truck would be filled with musical equipment. And that we would drive the truck around to different parks and different sites, different venues, and open up the doors, turn on the generators and play music and draw crowds with the music and then evangelize. And that's what that was a vision that I could see. And I would think about it. I think that would be so great. It never happened. So here's the question. Was it not God? Of course it never happened. I know you're afraid to answer. But where I was in my walk with God at that time, I did not have enough understanding to believe God for it. See, so as I would get the vision and I would see it and I would see how it would operate. I mean, the first thing was a truck. How am I going to get a truck? I got stuck with the truck. How am I going to get a truck? I can't afford a truck. I could barely afford to drive across town back in those days. How am I going to get a truck? And I'd be thinking, yeah, it'd be nice to have a truck. How am I going to get a truck? And I couldn't get past. How am I going to get a truck? So if you need a truck, you need music equipment. You can't use the music equi- equipment in church. You've got to have separate music equipment that goes on the road. You've got to have generators. And then you've got to have people. Well, that was mind-boggling to me. I couldn't see how any of this is going to happen. And I didn't know. I didn't have enough understanding about it. So the imagination that I had, which was from God, faded away. You know, I always wanted to give to the Lord. Not because I was trying to get anything from him, but I always wanted to give to the Lord. But I didn't know how to receive at that time. I didn't have an understanding about receiving. I didn't know how to believe each part in, believe in a piece of equipment, to believe in a truck, to believe in having a door put on it, to believe in for a generator. I didn't know how to do that. I saw this whole big picture. I was like, I, I don't know how to get there. Are you with me? But here's the biggest thing that I didn't know. I didn't know that I could not fail. I didn't know that. I didn't know that I could not fail. Of course, the first thing that I that I didn't that I could not see how I got the resources I had already entered into failure. But if I knew how to believe God at that time. There's no way I could fail. No way. I didn't understand his unlimited riches of glory and grace. That could lead me step by step, bringing in the provision step by step, believe him for it step by step, sow seed into it step by step. I didn't understand the abundance of grace that was available. Because it's the abundance of grace that makes you able. What was I looking at? How am I going to do this? I'm not attaching to his grace. I'm looking at me. How am I going to do this? You know, years later, I realized what the Apostle Paul said. I've learned the secret. It doesn't matter whether I'm abounding or whether I'm abased, whether I'm in poverty, if I'm in prosperity or if I'm in lack. It does not matter. None of that stuff matters to me. Not matter how much I have, how little I have, how much is I'm able to do, or how much I can't do. doesn't matter if when I'm young I'm able to, and when I'm older I'm not. He said, none of that matters. My focus is on Christ, and in Him I can do all things. Ooh, thank you, Amen. Amen. Are you with me? See, I didn't understand those things back then. So there was an imagination that I got from God and God can do infinitely beyond your wildest imagination. And I didn't get that imagination. You know, I got it sitting in church, listening to the word, sitting under the anointing. I got this imagination. but one of the biggest takeaways from that through the years is to learn you can't fail. You can't fail when it comes to God. Amen. Amen. Philippians chapter 2, verse 16. We don't have a mirror translation, do we? No, okay. It's, it's one of the odd ones. <laughs> Philippians 2, 16, holding fast the word of life, so that in the day of Christ I will have reason to glory because I did not run in vain nor toil in vain. The mirror translation says, Your lives echo, exhibit the logic of the message of life. You are positioned like the stars in the night sky, superimposed and radiating light, which shining pierces the darkness. Thus you confirm the day of the Lord. We exhibit... We exhibit the message of life. You are a a billboard for God. You exhibit the message of life. As we take hold of the promises that's provided by grace and we access through faith, every time we take hold of the promises of God, we are exhibiting or holding forth like a glass of water the message of life for all. And this can be for you. And this can be for you. And this can be for you. How come you're not all freaked out? I don't do the freak out thing. I have learned to live a stable life. How come you're not all worried about, I don't do the worry thing. I've learned to live a stable life. How come you never seem to get all upset and, and, and No, because I've learned to walk in the normal flow of the Spirit of God. It's a wonderful life. Exhibiting. Exhibiting. You know, now here's the deal. Just because you're offering somebody a glass of water doesn't mean they're going to take it. But it's not you nor is it your responsibility to get them to take it. Your responsibility is to hold forth and exhibit yeah. that glass of water. Yes. As, the, as stars in the night sky, the shining pierces the darkness. And in Daniel, it tells us that those that bring many to the Lord will shine like the stars forever and ever. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Every promise is not only for our benefit and our comfort, but it's to exhibit to the world, to others, this life that has been given to us in Christ. And every promise, now listen, every promise that you step into, every promise that you take hold of, confirms the final promise of this age, which will be the return of Jesus. The more you partake of the promises of God the less you will ever wonder, is he really gonna come? Mm-hmm. What's taken him? So you won't even have those yeah, questions. True. Because his word has been being proven to you day after day after day. Yes. And the final promise is on its way. Thank you, Jesus. As soon as we get this nonsense wrapped up and we start and we get into the great harvest and the great outreach and the great evangelism and pouring out of the spirit again in these days there's going to be a quick harvest mm-hmm. yeah. and then evil will be left to its own self and we'll be out of here Thank you, Lord. glory to God yes. hallelujah. hallelujah glory 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 to his name See, every time somebody asks you a question about why does it go like this for you, how come you're not concerned? How come you're not worried? You have an opportunity. That's an opportunity to share with somebody about what you believe. Can you actually verbalize what you believe? Not to debate. It's not about a debate. It's all about a decision. Isn't that right? Amen. So many times things concern us just like it did me. How am I going to get this truck? How am I going to get that equipment? How is all this things going to work? Many times it concerns us. Well, how is all this going to work? Well, you know, okay, you want to talk about Jesus coming back. But how is this all going to work? How is this all going to happen? How can I do this? How can I, you know, I mean, you're talking about witnessing. You're talking about all this stuff. But, you know, how am I going to do this? I don't have the time to do all this stuff. Philippians 2.13. For it is God who is at work in you, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. That's how you do it. Why is it that you can't see how you're doing it? Because you're just looking at yourself. Leaving God out of the equation. The mirror translation says, discover God himself as your inexhaustible inner source. He ignites you with both the desire and the energy that matches his own delight. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Glory to God. Delight yourself in the Lord and he'll give you the desires of your heart. In other words, when you delight in him, he'll put desires on the inside of you. Just like I was just in church and just enjoying the anointing and all of a sudden this imagination comes up on the inside of me, right? So... Faith, putting faith in that desire, with faith then comes the energy to perform it. Why? Because the Word of God is the power of God. If He's putting a desire in you, that Word from Him is His power. The Word of God is the power of God. He speaks His Word and energy comes. The first thing that's that, that, that Second Peter talks about in 2 Peter chapter 1, add to your faith virtue, which is energy from God. Energy is the first thing that comes because energy is the Word of God. It is the power of God. Whatever energy that we need, He can do exceeding abundantly beyond. You're not going to flick a heaven because the lights in heaven because you, you just need a lot of help. He's not concerned. He's not upset. He'll give you all the help you need because He's put a desire on the inside of you. So he not only can do what you need, he's got enough left over and it never will exhaust. But it's not automatically. We have to believe for it. Isn't that right? Faith, what does faith release? Faith releases what has already been provided. You're not trying to make it. You're not trying to create it. It's already been provided. Faith steps into, take hold of what has already been provided in Christ. Cry out, crying out in faith, crying out to receive it. Amen. Amen. You know, some, listen, I, I just t- be can I be honest with you? Yeah. I should be. I'm in church. Yeah, you <laughs> you know. But, you know, sometimes we're like, you know, well, I am believing God for this, you know, but it just doesn't seem to be happening. But when do you cry? When does your heart cry out to him? Mm-hmm. You know, if you ever read the Psalms, you could find many times mm-hmm. David's heart is crying out to God. Many times. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we have to make that step over. Mm -hmm. And one of the reasons we don't step over is that we think if I'm crying out, I'm really not in faith. Or I'm too timid to cry out. Or what if somebody else hears me? You know. (laughs) But, you know, all these things want to hold us back. Colossians chapter 1. Verse 29. This is good. Colossians 129. For this purpose also I labor, striving according to his power, which mightily works in me. So I labor. I'm doing something. I'm, you know, I'm putting my hands to stuff, but I'm striving according to his power. And it's his power that mightily works in me. So, the Mira translation says, My labor now exceeds any zeal that I previously knew under the duty driven law of willpower. I am laboring beyond the point of exhaustion, striving with intense resolve with all the energy that He mightily inspires within me. Ooh, Hallelujah. Yes. <laughs> Paul had a zeal under the law, and it caused great striving merely. By using his willpower. Zeal without knowledge. He had the zeal. He had the willpower to do it. So now he says, or he doesn't say. He's not saying here, well, you know, I'm laboring and I'm totally exhausted, but I'm pushing on past that. No, that's not what he says. He says, I'm beyond the point of exhaustion. In other words, there was a point in my willpower where I reached exhaustion. But now that point no longer affects me. That no longer exists within me. My willpower took me to that point. But by the abounding grace of God, I have abundantly exceeded that point and I continue on with intense resolve. Glory to God. That. Point of exhaustion based on willpower no longer exists. No longer affects me. I don't even walk in willpower. I'm walking in His power that mightily affects me. The unlimited riches of His glory and His grace. Releasing supernatural strength and divine might and power and explosive power. Hallelujah. See, this is grace that takes you beyond yourself. There's so much you can do, and the older you get, the less you can do in yourself. But in him, you don't ever have to stop. In him, you can go far beyond what you can do in your own self. Amen? Amen. Philippians chapter 1 and verse 6. For I am confident of this very thing, That he who began a good work in you will perfect it until the day of Christ Jesus. Again, the mirror translation. I possess an inward certainty about you, confident that he who is the initiator of the good work within you is also the one who executes its completeness as mirrored in Jesus Christ, who is the light of day. He is the fullness of time. God initiated the work. He initiated all, starting with salvation. Isn't that right? He's initiated the desire that he puts within us. He initiates the giftings that he puts within us. And he executes the completeness of it, doing it through us, supplying all the energy, all the might, and all the power needed to see it to the end. See, if you understand this, you will realize you don't ever, ever, ever have to fail. Never, never have to fail. Glory to God. Whatever He puts in you, He's initiated it, and He'll then release the power and the energy so that you can walk in it. Thank you, Lord Jesus. You'll be able to see it all the way to the end and see it manifested. Thank you, Lord. Are you understanding what I'm saying? What he declared, what we desire, what we cry out for, what we believe for, he supplies all the necessary equipping to bring it to pass. It's the abounding of grace, the abundance of grace. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All we have to do is get off ourselves and get on him. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. So this is not a life of sitting around and waiting for God to do something. We're co-laborers with him. We work together with him. We gain new strength. We mount up with wings like eagles. We walk and not get tired, run and not get tired, walk and not get weary. And all the time we're just crying out to him. Our focus is on him. We're set on him. And he's the one that makes it all happen through us. Amen. 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 Philippians 119. For I know that this will turn out for my deliverance through your prayers and the provision of the spirit of Jesus. The provision. Greek word epikorigeo, which means for the choir. The provision of the spirit. Now, it, the reason he uses that word epichoregeo for the choir was because back in the day you had the Greek theater. You know, they had the uh, the tragedies, the Greek tragedies and all in the theater. And they wore the mask, remember, the smile face and the frowning face. Uh, and the person behind the mask was called hypocrites <laughs> because you were not what the mask represented. And that's where it comes from. So, um, So they were... Uh, doing the show. They were practicing the show. They had families to take care of. They had families they had to feed, uh, clothe, house, and all that. Uh, so they had costumes that they had to make for the, the, the uh, show. And just as they were getting ready to go on the road, they went totally broke. And they had no money to go on the road. So somebody heard about the situation and they stepped up. A wealthy person stepped up and they said, We will take care of the show. We will get all the costumes made. We'll pay for all your expenses on the road. Not only that, but we'll take care of all your families. We'll take care of all your family's needs. And you don't have to worry about anything. We'll take care of it all. And that's what that word provision means epicorigeo. That is how God supplies for us to make available whatever is necessary to help. And to supply your needs. I'm more excited than you are. He wants to provide everything that you need. But it won't just fall on you. You have to set your faith on these things. Now, the choir, the the theater workers, they still had to practice. They still had to perform. They still had to go on the road. They still had families to take care of. But all the provision was given so they could do the work. See, that's the whole point. God's given you everything for you to go do the work. He didn't give you. He's not asking you to sit around and wait for something to happen. He's telling you, get up, get going, get moving. And as you go, I'll give you everything you need. Just show me you need it. He don't know you need it when you're sitting there and just sitting and waiting. You don't need nothing to sit and wait. When you get up and get going, he knows you need something. And he'll be right there to supply it for you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Verse 20. Mm. Well, let's read 19 and 20 together. Let's do that. For I know that this will turn out for my deliverance through your prayers and the epichore the provision of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, according to, in direct relation to, my earnest expectation and hope that I will not be put to shame in anything, but that with all boldness Christ will even now, as always, be exalted in my body, whether by life or by death. I know it'll turn out for my deliverance because of your prayers, the great provision of the Spirit of Christ, according to, conquered and dominated by, my earnest expectations and hope. My earnest attentiveness. And that word, the earnest, means to have your neck stretched out. It means you're on the seat of of the chair Just waiting. I just know it. I know it's going to happen. I've got this expectation. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. Yes, I believe God. It's going to happen. I know someday. Some way. Somehow. When you least expect it. Smile. You're on camera. (laughs) You know, you know. I mean, come on. My earnest expectation and hope. Earnest. My earnest expectation and hope. And you know the the old commercial. Remember the old, I think it was, no, E.F. Hutton commercial. You know, they're all talking, and then everything gets quiet. And and somebody says, well, E.F. Hutton says. Everybody quiets down, and this is the next scene. Everybody's leaning in. Leaning in. Mm-hmm. Here. Well, how much do we lean into God? Mm-hmm. Earnest expectation. Mm-hmm. Earnest expectation. I know it's going to happen. Yes. Well, it's been a year, but where's the earnest expectation? But it's been five years. What about the earnest expectation? When is the promise for? What has God been preparing you for? Mm-hmm. Have you been spending this time preparing for the promise? Or do you think you're just going to walk in and just take care of everything? How many times do we believe God for something bigger, greater, and far beyond anything that we've ever had and think we don't need to prepare for it? Right. Like some people say, you know, uh, you know if, I only had, like, if I had $40 million, I'd do good. Are you ready for that? Yeah, yeah. Probably not. What have you done to get ready for that? <laughs> do you understand what I'm saying? See, this is part of the earnest expectation. He's got an earnest expectation and hope to get out of prison. And he does get out. Mm -hmm. So what do you think part of his earnest expectation and hope, what do you think he's doing? He's preparing his itinerary for where he's going when he gets out. Well, why would he do that? Because he knows he's getting out. He doesn't get out and go, Ooh, where do I go now? What am I going to do? No, he's already before he even gets out. Why? Because he has an earnest expectation and hope. Yes, he does. See, what are you preparing for? Amen. Amen. An eagerness, total confidence, an intense expectation, and nothing less. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. See, that's the position of believing. The position of crying out of our heart. The place of earnest expectation and hope. And this is why the Apostle Paul could write to the Thessalonians and say, Rejoice always. Rejoice always. But we're facing persecution. Rejoice always. But you know they're throwing us in jail. Rejoice always. But you know some of us are losing our lives. Rejoice always. But you know they're, they're really coming against us in the city. Rejoice always. Yeah, but you don't know how those people are in Washington. Rejoice always. (laughs) Huh? Oh, but the inflation's going up. Rejoice always. Have you seen gas prices? Rejoice always. Mm -hmm. These are the days you need faith. These are the days faith is developed for. Some people think, well, if I have faith, I'll never have a problem. You must be in heaven. (laughs) We believe, we receive, and we cry out in faith, attached to the abounding grace. And it brings abundant living to us, starting on the inside, abundant living on the inside that will be manifested to the outside. You know, we talked about that this morning, the lower streams, the upper streams. Amen. Amen. Come on, lift your hands to the Lord right now, right where you're at. Oh, Father, you know, what is it that you're believing God for? What is the desire that God has put into your heart? What is it that you need to cry out for? You know, even in the book of James, it says that the, 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 the harvest is crying out. The, the laborers are crying out to the Lord of of the harvest. You know, the harvest is crying out for the labor. The laborers are crying. What are you crying out for? Father, hear the sound of our heart. That our heart cries out to you, Lord. For you have made promise We believe it. We we have confidence and trust in what you have declared. We know that it's true. And I'm adding my faith to that as a co-laborer. And, Lord, whatever you would have me to do, to order my steps, order my steps, that I would go down the path, that I would come to this end of receiving this promise. Father, Father, I look to you, I look to your Holy Spirit. I look to your empowerment, I look to your strength, I look to your courage. Help me, Holy Spirit, to walk in that which you have said. Because you said it, it cannot fail. No plan of yours can be thwarted. No purpose of yours can be, can be removed out of the way. It cannot be defeated. And if your purpose cannot be defeated, I cannot be defeated. Unless I choose to walk in defeat. If I stay on your path, if I stay following you, if I let your word be the lamp to my feet, I will wind up in the place that you've declared. Lord, I'm crying out to you for these things. Father, we're crying out for the help that's needed. We're crying out for the resources that are needed. We're (coughs) We're crying out for the grace, Lord, that we can attach to this grace. We're crying out, Father for everything that we need, that's provided for us in Christ, that through the epichoregeo, provision of the Spirit, that all would be supplied and all would be be received as we go forth and walk in that which you've called us to walk in. Father, hear the cry of our heart. Hear the cry of our heart. For today is only the beginning of it. Holy Spirit, help us in these things. Help to remind us of these things, that this cry would come up out of us during the day, at work, driving our car, in the store, wherever we may be, whatever we might be doing, that this cry comes pouring out of us. Thank you, Lord. You've initiated it. You empower it, and you can do it through me. Here I am, Lord. I give myself to you. Or well, whatever you'd have me to do, that I would follow you completely, spirit, soul, and body, that I would walk in your way. I thank you for that, Father. Thank you for that, Father. Thank you for that, Father. Glory, glory, glory. Glory. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, there was a, a, a story. You know, how many, you know John G. Lake. And John G. Lake, who was a businessman in Chicago. And he would go in his office. And, and he was born again. He was filled with the Holy Spirit. But he knew that there was more. There's more. Got to have more. There's more to this. It's not just speaking in tongues. I mean, he would lay hands on people and they'd get healed and all. But he said there's more to this. And it would just be the cry of his heart crying in his heart all the time. More, God, there's got to be more. God, show me more. God, i got to have more, more, more. And he was just so wrapped up in it. And he would walk out of his office in the, in the uh, business section of Chicago, and he'd come out into the street, and he would just be so wrapped up with God. And in, right in the middle of the street and people were around, he'd go, God, there's got to be more. And people are like, whoa, dude, you know. Yeah. Why? Because it's the cry of his heart. Well, what about the people that are around him? He didn't even know they were there. He's too wrapped up with what he's believing God for. When was the last time you were so wrapped up believing God for something? You forgot there was even people around you. I used to, when I worked for uh, automotive shops, I'd I'd take cars out for test drives. I'd be praising God, worshiping God, test driving the car, and all of a sudden... I go. I'd have to pull off the road. I didn't know where I was. I got lost. I was only two blocks away from the shop. Totally lost. Didn't know where I was at. Wrapped up. Getting wrapped up in him. Amen. Amen. He's got so much for you. So much. We've got this one thing. Oh, this one thing. And God's got so much. Oh, my goodness. Oh, that our eyes would open up to see what he sees. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, God, we love you. We honor you, Lord. We adore you, Jesus. We boldly declare there is none like you. You are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. You're the God above all gods. Oh, I thank you. Thank you, Lord, for all that you are and all that you do. Thank you, Lord, for life and life abundantly. That there is no end to you. That we can press into as much as we want to of you and never come to your end. Oh, Father, thank you for loving us. Thank you for your great compassion And your care for us. Lord. Lord. Our language just gets bankrupt. In trying to say. How we appreciate you. And how we love you. You're so wonderful. So wonderful. Thank you Lord. Thank you Lord. Thank you Lord. Lord as we come before you right now. With our giving. We thank you. For your word that talks about sowing and reaping. As long as the earth remains, seed time and harvest shall not cease. That as we sow, we reap. As we plant our seed, we will harvest. And I thank you, Father, that as we reap back and harvest the fruit, that there's fruit to share with others. That there's seed to sow back into the kingdom again. That the process of sowing and reaping continues on and on and on. Father, we thank you. We bless you and praise you for that. In Jesus' wonderful and glorious name, amen. Amen, amen. 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 Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. If you need an envelope, there's one on the seat back in front of you. If not, if you'll just raise your hand, the ushers will serve you. If you joined us on live stream or podcast, I apologize. I did not recognize you in the beginning of the service But we appreciate your being here tonight and being with us and allowing us the great privilege and honor of sharing the Word of God with you. And I do pray that desires that God had put into you years ago has come back alive again, this time understanding that you cannot fail, but you can succeed in all that God has given to you. If you'd like to sow seed into the ministry, you can go to our website, newlifefamilyworship.net. Click on the giving link. And we thank you in advance for the seed that you sow. And please, if there's anything at all that we can pray with you about, please let us know. It is always an honor and a privilege to stand with our partners and believe God for your needs to be met, knowing that he is well able. Amen.